0: Assalamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You will find us at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA. Also take a moment to use that same username to subscribe to the podcast. We are wherever you get your podcast at. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, Um, any platform you come up with, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA. So subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, do not forget to share. We would like to thank our sponsor, Recycle Processes, for their continued support. And with that, Radio Islam family, I am pleased to have joining me in studio. Brother Khalil Demir, he is the founder and executive director of the Zakat Foundation. Um, so we welcome him. assalamu alaykum. Wa alaykum thank you. First off, I wanna say thank you for taking the time uh, to come in and talk about the work that you have been blessed to be able to do uh, through Zakat Foundation and, uh, and about this book where you have chronicled some of that work and some of the challenges uh, that have faced zakat foundation but by extension other muslim nonprofits, um, uh, ngos uh, as well and before we get going i want to let folks know this the book is titled nine myths about muslim charities stories stories from the zakat foundation of america so first off what was your impetus to put this book out
1: Uh, first of all thank you so much for the invitation i'm honored to be here and thank you for your time Uh, the story of book is as you know after september 11 the patriot act uh closer to 30 muslim international humanitarian organization was shut down Mm -hmm. and uh, when people tried to look for information they couldn't find information that written by muslims about these charitable organization that were really contributing and making the world a better place. And the organization was shut down, and they were defenseless, telling their, their side of story mm-hmm. to the American public. Uh, so I thought, you know, uh, uh, we oftentimes, the Muslim community, we do, you know, make history, but never write the history. Right. So I thought um, our story should be said as we see it, as we live it, and as, as we give it. Hmm. So, the book is the product of that idea, to hmm. share our, our story with American public at large.
0: Now, I want people to get, uh, get an understanding of the scope uh, of the work uh, and the scale that, work, uh, that, that Zakat Foundation does. Folks are familiar with organizations like the Red Cross, right, um, when they think globally, right? Zakat Foundation is a global relief organization. Uh, you operate on five continents. Is that correct? Yes, true. So, can you kind of talk with us first off about how 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 were able to manage that type of scale? Uh, was that the intention at the outset uh, when you when you began Zakat, uh, Zakat Foundation, or is that something that you have grown into? Well, zakat is the uh,
1: third pillar of Islam,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: Muslims are obliged to give their zakat. Right. And 2.5% uh, uh, of their excessive wealth has to go to poor and needy. Mm-hmm. So the Muslim, gen- Muslim community is a very generous community. Um, approximately, the Muslim charitable, charitable organization, international charitable organization, donates to make this world better place, uh, closer to $300 million every year. This, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for small community like ours, is uh, a big number. Uh, the um, Zakat Foundation, since the Muslims giving their Zakat um, without, we, we should bring these and uh, distribute to needy and uh, desperate communities. Response to the to the uh, emergencies and then move from from there. The, um, the purpose of Zakat RBC to empower the communities, not always response to emergencies, um, rather than when you give in Zakat to empower them. So Zakat Foundation start uh, uh, with this idea and then we start working around, around the globe uh, with our partners and uh, our offices. In, in every continent almost. Um, so by grace of God and great supporter, great American uh, friends of this organization, including Red Cross, by the way, is a partner of Cat Foundation. BC. So we are able to manage our organization, our work around the world uh, through our offices and our partners in five continents.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you talk about the work that you do or the giving is really, it's transformative giving. It's not just about taking care of the needs of the moment, but Allowing people to become self-sufficient, yes. right? Giving in that regard. Um, so one of the things that comes up with uh, with giving, with charitable giving, is not necessarily knowing if or how much of that money is reaching those who are in need. Uh, can you talk a bit about that?
1: Well, I will say, you know, basically, most of American organizations, you know, have, have these, uh, you know, some, sometimes people have that, um, that notion that charitable organization misuse the funds. Um, but most of the charitable organization in, in our world, they, they do great job. Uh, you know, I can give the numbers and numbers that impacted the world. Uh, American, you know, charitable organization, including USAID, the impact around the world. Zakat Foundation, we use all the standards. The you know, the me- we measure every standard available to us. So, if we we receive an application that is going to go to projects. First, we check the project, we check the organization, we check the individuals, one after another, and then we have the merit of the programs. So same things applied to the every project that we do, even our own projects. Basically, we make sure that every penny that goes and every penny that used, because we see this money as a sacred, we see this money as as holy we see this as a uh, responsibility we see that that we are responsible for every penny of it mm-hmm. because we see from the very religious you know very religious perspective and uh, uh, we make sure that every penny that goes withs supposed to go therefore zakat Foundation is you know, outstanding you know four, five-star um, four-star charity organization among its peers Re, um, respected it and accepted as one of the leading American Muslim organization
0: can you talk a bit about how um, how financial institutions and financial policies impact the work um that Zakat Foundation and, uh, and potentially other Muslim charities do, um, particularly outside of uh, the United States? Well, the
1: financial services, unfortunately, it's a very serious challenge for the humanitarian work in in United States and in, in, in the world at the moment. So we, uh, as a humanitarian community, uh, under the leadership of the uh, platform we call in, in Interaction. Interaction is the largest, uh, larger uh, platform of the humanitarian organization, trying to respond to that. Mm-hmm. I was invited by the um, Government Accountability Office. I explained to them how, how these impact actually our our work, and our work is a reflection of a larger uh, humanitarian community in the United States. So if you want to exact, Example that I can give it to you is very simple. Uh, We have, uh, as you know, United States has been involved in in Afghanistan last, um, you know, almost 18 uh, years. years. Mm -hmm. And uh, in in Afghanistan, Zakat Foundation was sponsoring the uh, university students. In Afghanistan, universities are free. So you don't need to pay universities. However, uh, universities are in bigger cities, in Kabul and and larger city cities. Mm-hmm. So when people come to come to study, they don't have means to to maintain their life. So the Foundation was renting these dormitories and then accommodating the student with a a, a small scholarship uh, so that they can go to university. So we were educating engineers, uh, teachers, nurses, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the financial financial access was, uh, you know, difficult, we, we couldn't wire the money anymore to these students. We have 400 students that we were building future of Afghanistan at the universities. So we couldn't wire this money anymore to Afghanistan. We have to abandon the project. And I think, you know, financial services indeed indeed a very serious problem. And in the book, you know, Nine Myth about uh, about Muslim charities, I address this issue for the larger community, especially though for Muslim community, uh, Muslim humanitarian organization, how difficult it is to bring these services um, around the world, especially the Muslim communities that are in, in indeed in need of our support and humanitarian um, aid.
0: Speaking of the book, uh, there's a story that you recount of Trying to uh, being told that a a payment a wire transfer to uh, Pakistan was was being denied. Would you would you share that? Uh, because I think that, that speaks directly to this issue of how um, the the state uh, the state policy and then financial institutions how these they they work together sometimes and not and not in favor. Would you allow me please to read that page? Absolutely. Thank you. It is early Friday morning,
1: September twenty-second, two 2006. I get a phone call from our bank saying I must come in immediately. The bank has said it cannot execute a crucial war transfer I have sent to help Afghan refugees in Pakistan. I'm hoping to clear this up quickly. Local food suppliers need to get paid before our people can distribute the provisions among the desperate population. Because it is Friday and I need to make the congressional prayer by 1 p.m. I am at the bank by 9.15 a.m. A A bank officer who knows me ushers me into her office and sits me down. I ask her about the transfer problem. Well, Mr. Demir, our bank cannot make the transfer because Pakistan is not a country. I am momentarily stunned into silence. Is she giving me an early morning ribbing to lighten things up? No laugh. Her straight face shows no trace even of a smile. Ah, Miss, Uh, well, you see Pakistan is a country. No. Is it not a country and we cannot, we can only send wire transfers to recognized countries, she says. I am dumbstruck, stuck. Did something happen today to Pakistan? Did it renounce its nationhood? Change its name? Was the entire country raptured? Evangelicals were right after all? Did it just vanish? Is this one of those dreams where next things you know, I look down and I'm still in my pajamas? what oh you know ma'am pakistan you know is a country it is right over there by those other 10 countries afghanistan tajikistan uzbekistan right above india on the map next to iran a little bit of china well it doesn't border tajikistan really there is a uh, there is a little strip i am sorry mr demir pakistan is not a country We cannot send the money to place that does not have proper national channels. You understand, right? No, ma'am. Honestly, we actually have done so much good relief work in Pakistan. It is a country. No, it doesn't appear on our list of countries, the ones we recognize, Mr. Demir. We can only transfer to recognized countries. You understand? No, ma'am. Really, Pakistan is part of United Nations. It is actually a big country. A lot of people live there. At the moment, I swear this is true. She has this television going high up on the wall. And who comes on it? Here walks up President George W. Bush on screen in press conference. And who strikes up to next to him? Paris Musharraf, then President of Pakistan does he know his country has gone missing (laughs) it's a miracle It's a sign problem solved there you see i told her that man on the left next to president bush he's the president of pakistan the country that i'm saying i'm very sorry mr damir she says i know what you're trying to say but i don't make this list just pakistan isn't recognized country believe me so we cannot send your wire i'm very sorry no wait you see the green flag next to the american flag has like a crescent moon on it that is pakistan's flag the country flag the pre- two presidents are meeting the two countries bush is talking he's saying word pakistan again and again my hands are tied mr Demir. it is not my in my control let me put you in touch with the department that handles our war transfers she makes the call oh, 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 oh i see i see i see she says Hang up, I'm very sorry, Mr. Damir. She laughs. Pakistan is a country. laughs again, smiles. Mm. Mm. That wire transfer fine. It is Palestine, the one that has the problem. Mm. It will be a long morning for me.
0: Mm. <laughs> I thought that just uh, that was first of all, it was an un- unexpected uh, scenario, right to think that you could be. Uh, that you could be hearing that this is not a country, right? And then the person that you're talking to is quite, a, you know, is quite aware. But she's, she's like, no, it's a matter of policy. I have nothing to do with this. So, state policy. It, it has a direct bearing on the financial policy, right? Now, I'm sure this is this is not the only time that you've had to, to deal with this type of uh, intersection, um, but it impacts Muslim organizations at a greater rate. Would you say then, um, than non-Muslim organizations? Definitely. So definitely, we are more more scrutinized than.
1: Uh, all other peers and we talk about it you know CEO conferences held by interaction we gather together we discuss these we discuss as I say that uh, you know high level with the bureaucrats. we've been many times at the Treasury Department mm-hmm. at the OFAC we answer all the question and you know the problem is never never solved is imminent and every single day it's possible that you know you you you, you refuse to get Bank refuse to wire the money, the countries that you're intending to, to, to support, yes. Mm. It does exist.
0: Now, it's not really understood by, or well, maybe I should, I should ask you to address this. How do our politicians um, view Muslim charities working in these different areas where American military is also present? Uh, Do they see that your presence there is actually facilitating American interest?
1: I think um, our diplomats overseas understand the Muslim charitable organization work uh, much better than anyone else. In in all fairness that Mr. Bass, uh, our former former ambassador to Turkey, Mm -hmm. he's ambassador right now in in Afghanistan, Kabul. Yeah. Yeah. He visited Zakat Foundation schools um, for the Syrian refugees at the uh, Turkish-Syrian border in the city of Gaziantep. He was very impressed that schools that we borrowed from the Turkish government, we were providing providing education. By the time that we, you know, the, give, the schools were taken over by the Turkish government, um, ourselves and our partners, including UNICEF, we have around 11,000 uh, students in the schools that provided, um, provided education for Syrian, um, Syrian kids. So uh, they appreciate that. Therefore, uh, uh, Mr. Bess or our ambassador, uh, make sure that um, every high-profile uh, political leadership who visited Turkey, they did come to visit our schools to show American American values that we distribute every single day Mm through our work. We eventually we represent American, American people. Yes, mostly sponsored, supported or sponsored by the Muslims. But that doesn't mean we have Christian and Jewish brothers and sisters that in this country or secular Mm -hmm. that, you know, support our our projects. And we are very grateful for these. So uh, Mr. Mr. Graham, uh, you know, a group of Republican political leadership were in Turkey uh mr perdue you know senator perdue and and um, senator graham and their leadership and uh, from from illinois mr kinsinger was there as in a group they visited our school and uh, mr graham told me that you know after you know uh, i briefed them almost half an hour mm-hmm. uh, all their question he stand up and shake my hand and says you know what khalil you should know that american people are proud of the work that you guys do and that is really what the
0: American people,
1: um, you know, you're making American people um, proud and that's what American people actually
0: but hope our, that um, you do. But our American people, it's one thing to hear from, from, uh, from a senator who has the ability to see that work playing out on the ground. Uh, and quite a different scenario for people whose view of, uh, of Islam comes from media that does not always, quite often does not portray Muslims or Islam in favorable lights so, I mean, it's great to hear that from, from him, but do you think that a part of that myth is that most Americans, most non-Muslim Americans are not aware that Zakat Foundation is advancing and representing um, American uh, values uh, in this way? Um, I, think,
1: um, I think you're right. Islamphobia, mm-hmm. and I will call them pro- probably Islamphobia cartel yeah. because it's a money-making machine and these, these people are making money uh, out of this misery and well-financed um, attack on the muslim community and i mentioned that also in the book um with the numbers that right. you can see so uh, blending the american people to see the reality what the muslim community does unless we give you know we show and they witnessed themselves. So I, I tell you a story, probably, you know, I don't know if you, you hear that. Last year, you remember, it was the like coldest days of, of you know, um, in fact, this year, right? In yeah. the beginning of the beginning of year, I think. Mm-hmm. So it was coldest day, as a CAT Foundation team, we were distributing um, food uh, in and around Chicago. So we visited almost every police station that we assume there are homeless folk or homeless shelters, one after another visited. And so, and next day, uh, seven o'clock, was a radio program um, called and uh, interviewed me for five minutes. Uh, what, um, you know, uh, w- what else we are doing in chicago you know next to three days we, we have plans that we're supposed to pick up the homeless folk we sign a contract with a hotel so we will deliver these people to to hotel they stay in hotel we provide them um food and so forth and so on and what he he after that five minutes interview what he says was was fantastic and i thought i thought you know this is what really an american should should hear he mm-hmm. said those who always comparing islam as a religion with the violence and with the terror and with the fear and all other things should recognize organizations such as the CAT foundation and see the work they do in steel of chicago and understand really what islam offers mm-hmm. and i think i think oftentimes it is depend on the muslim community from passive good to active good become active in our communities doing good, as Quran orders us to do, I think probably we will be able to, to bring ideas, um, you know, really who Muslims are and Islam is to the American people.
0: Mm-hmm. You make a comparison in the book. You talk about how the, the standards by which the Zakat Foundation administers services, um, which it not being based on your faith, your ethnicity, uh, any any box that you could check off, it has nothing to do with that. It's saying that it is very much in keeping with American values, at least the, the values that we yes. understand represent our country at its yes, best. True. Right. Um, when it comes to the partnerships that you that you are engaged in, in carrying out these services yes. with non-Muslim organizations, have you seen? Is there any indication that those partnerships have allowed uh, those non- non-Muslims? to gain a greater appreciation for that connection between Islamic values and American values, to see that they are very much rooted in the same, you know, come from the same uh, root? Well, I would say most of our partners, you know, um, US
1: humanitarian organization or our community recognizes the Cat Foundation as a valuable uh, partner. Right. And in oftentimes we work with our partner Mercy Corps in, in Yemen uh, with the old UN agencies, we work on the ground. They know know us very well. In, uh, as I just mentioned, in, in city of Kaziantep and, and through for the education, we collaborated with UNICEF. We open door, um, explain to them how how we are getting these schools, so we don't need to pay rent, um, educate these children. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes these. Uh, when 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 they get to know you the work that we do here in chicago or around the world it does give does give impression to many of our partners to see that, you know, the value of Islam is not very much different than value of Christianity or Judaism in that sense. And American values are aligned with the Islamic, um, Islamic values that we live by every single day. So I go to, you know, there is a poorest community, I will say, in the United States, probably Michigan City, there is a church. I go every year and they call us and, you know, they, they raise funds for one of our projects. And all these are retired people and i'm so honored to go to this church and talk to this community seeing how they they try to make world of difference through a muslim organization and not seeing anything different than any other organization when it comes to supporting and serving so we live every single day american values so you can measure by any any norm that you you know you 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 thinking you, you would like to measure you will see our work is exemplary and we do represent American people
0: around the world. Okay, when it comes to uh, Islamophobia or trying to present uh, Islam through a very narrow lens, uh, an unflattering lens, one of the things that comes up for critics is uh, gender equity. Now you have uh, your ninth, I'm sorry, your, yes, your ninth chapter, if you could speak a bit about this. Uh, and that chapter it is entitled "Myth." American Muslim charities underrepresent Muslim women. Could you talk a bit about <laughs> that? How important that is? It's um, it's, a,
1: it's very strange, actually. You know, in one of the seminars I think we talk uh, at the North Park University it was uh, organized. I so, say, you know, the, when you talk to Muslim world, obviously, Muslim world is a very uh, you know uh, very waste. Yeah. from from marrakesh to bangladesh to, to indonesia different cultures and different you know ethnicities and so forth so each of them had different sociological um you know uh, realities mm-hmm. so women oftentimes seeing you know thinking that women are, are you know really always oppressed and so uh, when i was studying at the um, sociology institute i was kind of start talking i was a little upset i told them that I don't know who you, which Muslim woman you're talking, for sure you are not talking about my mother. <laughs> for sure you are not talking about my, my, my aunt and, and, and my I'm so right. my sisters. These are people that making world of difference. Mm-hmm. And I was raised almost, you know, all my values because my dad was mostly, most of the time busy. I was, you know, raised by my mom, all the values that she gave it to me. Mm-hmm. I have I was so grateful a mother who cannot read and write uh, I was so grateful that I she she make sure that we go to best schools and learn and educated make the change in 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 our lives and in communities so talking about my mom that my mom is look like nasser so I thought I will tell the story of my mom so um I, I went and uh, repaired the school in my, uh, in my village where I went to school as a small town, in small village in closer to a small town. And Turkish government, um, you know, education department uh, named, my, named the school after my mom, her contribution and oh, so sure. the school in our, our village actually named after my mom and I'm very grateful to her. God bless her and God bless of this Muslim woman. They are nameless heroes. They make every single day mm-hmm. around the world. They are the victim of the war. They are the mothers. They are the wife. They are, they are you know, the the raiser of the orphans. They are brave, brave individuals and unfortunately when we talk about them oftentimes and, you know, this look like they are, they are you know, voiceless and fearful. And, you know, it's no, it's not true. Truth is that we are, you know, raised by our mothers and they are our leaders. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones who show us how we should act and values, and mm-hmm. that is a Muslim woman. I try to reflect that.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. Um, and uh, within the title, uh, you address a, a number of different myths about uh, about Muslim charities, uh, as, dare I say, is a, a premier Muslim charity um, that operates, you know, not just in the U.S., but globally. What is, if, if you started with one, which is the, 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 the most uh, detrimental myth that exists around Muslim charities that impacts the work that you're able to do? Well, notion
1: exists that Muslim charities are always doing some kind of mischief. So wherever they work. And that, unfortunately, is at such a myth as when you even even bring some— in southern states, when we distribute them, they, when we give until they get what we're looking and get to know us, we are even scared to say we're a Muslim charitable organization in South State of, of you know, U.S. when, you know, during disaster, uh, fear exists that they might be, you know, uh, might be refused, even take our, our our aid until until that they get to know us and we are welcome in these communities. But I think the la- most impacting affecting myth is that thinking that muslim charities always do something 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 bad almost some some kind of mischief it's a it's something that we have to fight something we have to really really our whole community and also american mm-hmm. uh, at large have to help us to remove that that. um that uh, really, that myth that and, and literally literally is a, is, is a lie, is not true. Our organization, outstanding organization by
0: any merit. Mm. Now, I want to go back to, um, you talked about the charitable uh, spirit of uh, Muslims, and I want to just narrow it in to the United States. Yes. Uh, we're 1% of the population here. Um, And we are mandated, as you said, you know, uh, it's understood as Muslims, we are supposed to give two and a half percent of our wealth after, you know, um, of of what remains after we have paid our uh, paid our bills. Excessive wealth, right? Excessive wealth. Um, Is there a difficulty or is there a challenge in getting Muslims to go beyond that two point five percent? i think we were we were in a meeting and i told the
1: muslim community um we have published a a zakat handbook for the for the muslim in america and muslim in west Mm -hmm. so um when muslim talk about it i brother abdullah mitchell and others at the zakat foundation i told them you know why do you have to always talk about zakat why why do you lower the expectation of the muslims by talking zakat so zakat means gentleman or lady has one million dollars so if she gives twenty five thousand, 000 she's fine but with one million dollar ten percent wouldn't bother that person right ten percent means hundred thousand dollars so two and a half percent is the minimum what you're supposed to come mm-hmm. up with so therefore no the muslims in the condition that we are in you have more much more financial responsibility to support the muslim institution in order to survive because because we are a small community because our need is larger, because the largest um, uh, refugees in the world are, are coming from Muslim some communities, mm-hmm. because our most of the violence, victim of violence are Muslims, interestingly, always blame the Muslims, but most victims of the violence are Muslims, mm-hmm. right? So these are m- refugee camps in, in Iraq and in Syria and in Yemen, and we can go on and on. These are all, expecting that we do, American Muslims do something for it, expecting that we we extend our hand, at least our smiley face that goes there. So, yeah, I will agree with you, you know, two and a half percent will be the minimum, but Muslims expect it definitely definitely contribute much more in order to sustain our community and its needs Mm. as American Muslims.
0: Okay. I want to ask you one final question. Yes, sir. The uh, Zakao Foundation is... Come a um, it's done some tremendous work, and how long has it been now? Oh, almost, almost like 20 years. twenty years. Yes. What do you Thanks. see? What do you see in the next twenty?
1: Well, I see um, Zakat Foundation is going to be one of the leading American um, humanitarian organization. That I believe the American people is going to go beyond that fear, beyond the the myths and going to see Zakat Foundation as as outstanding organization that represent, live, give, share American values every single day. As Senator Graham said, we represent American people, and we try to make American people proud, mm-hmm. wherever we are working. And I invite American Muslim, non-Muslim, does make difference, whoever. So wherever you are, whenever you like, please visit Zakat Foundation projects. You are welcome. Our website is zakat.org, z-a-k-a-t.org. Go to website or give us a call and we will be there. And also, uh, the Muslim community, I would like to ask if they would like to support us. You know, I would like to see if they can invite us to their communities, to read, uh, you know, introduce the book. Introduce because Muslim community has to know also the myths about the Muslim, Muslim organization. Will make easier for our community to defend us and then understand the, the trauma or the uh, trouble that we go through in order to bring these services to larger community around the world. So contact our office and, and please, please invite us. We would love to be at your community and read our book and introduce uh,
0: our organization to you. Okay. And you're also on social media. People can find you. What is that? Yes. ZF
1: USA? Yeah. Z, Yes. Yes. US, ZF USA. And then
0: also Facebook, Zakat Foundation. Okay. Brother Khalil, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to share with us a snippet uh, of the book. I uh, want to tell you, uh, Radio Islam Family, make sure you do get it.
1: It is on Amazon, can be. Or okay, great, great,
0: great. Okay, uh, thank you once again. Thank
1: you so much. Allah May Allah bless you and um, all the good work that you guys do. And bless uh, Radio Islam for, for
0: giving our voice to the larger community. Alhamdulillah. Allah. Alhamdulillah Allah bless you. All right, Radio Islam Family, our guest has been Khalil Demir. He is the executive director, the founder of Zakat Foundation. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.